I Read Comics, episode number Yes, it's another comics podcast, and the big difference is, I'm doing it, and I'm a girl. That's right, a girl that reads comics. My name is Lena Taylor, and I read comics. Hey there, friends. Welcome back. This is a kind of a two-part podcast. The second part that you'll hear in a minute was actually recorded at Comic-Con, and I did it with the composing diva, Ginger Mayerson, and we were sitting in my room, and we had come there pretty late at night after some drinks, so it's a slightly drunken podcast, but I think it's fun nonetheless. We had a great time. It was really wonderful. Got to see everybody I wanted to. wanted to add a couple of things that I didn't talk about with Ginger in the podcast, which was that... um, we at one point were next to the booth where the red versus blue guys were which i talked about in the last podcast and it was mobbed there were like 50 people there and they were selling dvds of red versus blue pretty much as fast as they could hand them out and collect money from people and i chatted with them for a little bit told them how much i liked the show and, and gave them my little flyer and they were very nice about it so you know good for them they did a great job and i'm so glad that they got so much traffic there uh, I also managed to buy the next Conan book, which is so incredibly awesome. I can't believe it. And I'm going to spend most of the next podcast talking about it. So that was great. And then lastly, most of what Ginger and I talk about is the Fantastic Four movie, which we saw. And I'll tell you right now, we liked it. And no apologies there. I know that there were problems. I know that there were flaws. But you know what? We liked it anyway. So we'll talk about why we liked it. That was great. So on to a special episode of this show. And next week it'll be back to the usual stuff featuring mostly Conan the Supermodel. So uh, listen and enjoy the ramblings of two hot comics babes. Sitting here in my room with the fabulous composing diva, Ginger Mayerson. Thank you. And we just got back. Um, what did we do today? We went to Comic-Con. We were there for a really long time. <laughs> we went, we had some drinks. We went and saw Fantastic Four. Then we went out and had dinner, and then we had more drinks, and mm. then we just came back. And now we're doing the show. I don't think we were at Comic-Con that long it just seemed really long yeah it was a long day i swear there were more people here this year than last year well i like your theory that the reason it was so bizarre and so intense in the aisles is that there was something going on at every single booth a signing or a giveaway so the geeks were clustered like three deep on each side of the aisle and so it was even worse trying to get through the con. Yeah, I think that was the traffic control. They could have done a better job with traffic control. I think they need moving sidewalks. 
That's what I think. Oh my God! So here, let's see. Some of the highlights: we saw um, the stormtrooper who was half Elvis. That mm -hmm. was cool. Uh, we saw all the really big displays, which were really big. Yeah, the DC pavilion. The DC pavilion and the science fiction channel pavilion and uh, all of the various movie things, the Harry Potter stuff and the Narnia stuff. There was an awful oh, lot of stuff. Yeah. We walked around the small press area and we saw some of our friends, which was really fun. We didn't get to see Dr. Chaos. We did not see Dr. Chaos. So we I went to Force Works to see Dr. Chaos and he wasn't there. He wasn't there. We were so disappointed. But it was nice to know that they like us because it's always good to know that they like us. So that was good. And uh, I got to see the Comic Geek Speak guys. I got to see Brian mm -hmm. and Tasha and Jamie. Not Peter because he wasn't here. <laughs> Damn it. But it was really fun to see them and uh, exchange our little gifties. And, uh, yeah, we saw all the usual suspects. We saw Keith we saw Knight. Keith Knight. We saw Donna Bard, Roberta Gregory. We tried to see we Mike. Talk to them. We, tried, we tried to see Mike Wellman, the creator of Tex and Max at Mac Afro. But he just, I tried to see him yesterday. Yeah, I tried to see him yesterday, and I tried to see him today, and I just kept missing him. Yeah, and we, we hit up our friends for things. We saw Fantagraphics and yeah. Top Shelf. and yeah. All of all of those people, so it was really good. I had a good time, and this was about as much as I wanted to be here. <laughs> it, Comic Con is just overwhelming. I mean, unless you have time to do it in areas like yesterday, I did the manga and the Japanese publishers because that's somehow become my area at uh, Lincoln Heights Literary Society. So I did those, and um, that pretty much wore me out for yesterday because there was a lot of them but um, one of the people that I saw yesterday was uh, Isaac S. Liu at Digital Manga Publishing and, and we uh, like Digital Manga so Digital Manga as you might remember manga. the people who publish Only the Ring Finger Nose and uh, Desire which were two of the titles mm -hmm. that emanga.com yeah they're yeah, great they're wonderful they have two new titles that I would like to yeah. discuss here. Okay. The first one that I really, really like is called Antique Bakery. And it's about a, a bakery in Tokyo. Uh, it's also about boxers in Tokyo. I don't really <laughs> have any idea. So that was my first question is like, they have boxers in Tokyo? I don't Tokyo? know. They might. <laughs> They might. I don't know. We'd have to look it up on the well, web. Well, I like the way you described the plot to me earlier today, so why don't you, you just say it the same way? Cause... Well, I've had more to drink <laughs> since then, but we'll see how I do. This book is written and illustrated by Fumi Yoshinaga, and it has a very beautiful cover. It's got three guys, three main characters, and they're looking at this cake, this tort, and it's a strawberry tort, and what Digital Manga has done with this cover is, like, just mind-blowing. There's a scratch and sniff on one of the strawberries. So we're going to, in the interest of science, <laughs> we're going to do it right now. We're going to do it right now. So I'm going to scratch on this. I can hear it. It sort of smells... It sort of smells like strawberries. Yeah. Yep. It smells like uh, strawberry lip gloss is what it smells like. <laughs> it's like that Dr. Pepper lip gloss that you buy in the drugstore. Exactly. Anyway, here's a, here's a boxer. Oh, he does He's look like a boxer. cute. They're a little pretty boys. Yeah, well, they're always pretty boys. So, as you know, if you've ever read any of this um, Yaoi stuff or, or Shonenai... This is Shonenai. This, so, the boys are all really beautiful. They look like girls. 
they're oh he's got a little stubble there that's yeah, kind of he thinks it makes him look like Jean Reno <laughs> so they're they're um, very feminine looking boys mm -hmm. uh, and they're very kind of delicately drawn they have long fingers they have very pointy chins and pointy noses and big eyes very big eyes um, and it's hard to tell the secondary characters apart I find this one's a little bit more sharply drawn um, than the other ones that we have seen. Anyway, here's the plot synopsis, as best I can do, because it jumps around in time so much, and even though it will say this is, you know, 13 years later, 22 years later, 6 years later, it doesn't really help very much. It starts out with um, one high school student in a little uniform named Ono confessing his love to another high school student, who they're both boys, named Tachibana, or Takibana. And um, he's rejected. Takibana rejects him very brutally. It's really awful. And then, and then it jumps into a story about this, this adorably cute but very successful, you know, welterweight boxer who has to give up boxing because he, um, he's got detached retinas. But what you see is when he's, he's just won his bout and he's, he's celebrating with a piece of cake and his manager, and he has his cake, and then his manager says, you have to quit boxing or you'll go blind. And so that's that. So, and then he breaks down in tears. Anyway, so there's a couple of subplots that aren't that interesting. Meanwhile. <laughs> Meanwhile. I mean, they're just, there's a couple of subplots that just aren't interesting. The main story is that Takiba, Tachi, Takibana? Takibana. Takibana. Uh... Is no, it is Tachibana. Is it Tachibana? I'm Thanks. At it now. Yes. Tachibana, for for some reason, has decided to open a bakery. He's like in his um, late twenties, and he decides to open a bakery. So he opens it in this former antique shop, and it's called Antique Bakery because they can't afford to get a new sign. So it's at the antiques, like and then that. they have to figure out that it's a bakery. And he hires this pastry chef, who is like this brilliant pastry chef, but. And he studied pastry in Paris, and he worked in a three-star restaurant as the pastry chef in Paris, and he came back to uh, Japan, Tokyo, where this takes place. And he was pastry chef at these, these restaurants that became very successful, very famous, because of his pastry. But he always had to leave because um, the owner, the straight owner, would fall in love with him, and the wife would make a scene, and... In one restaurant, two male employees fought over him, and the police were involved. And in another restaurant, one of the younger waiters tried to kill himself over him. I mean, it just, it's unbelievable. And he's just this dopey, he's not a dopey-looking guy. He's a very bland-looking guy. He's, you know, sort of, oh, slender and slight. I mean, they're all very slender. They all eat, live on cake, but they're all very slender. You know, it's wonderful having that kind of metabolism. And he wears glasses. He wears those round, rimless glasses. Mm -hmm. And he just looks, you know, like when Tachibana is um, interviewing him for the job, Tachibana recognizes him, but Ono doesn't recognize him. It's Ono. And he looks at him and he says, well, why do these guys fall in love with you? Because, you know, I mean, you, you have this monkey face and you're not that good looking and blah, blah, blah. And Ono says, well, wait a second. And he changes his glasses, takes off his his <laughs> chef's outfit, puts on a leather jacket, and, and drags Tachibana off to a gay bar where Ono seduces like three or four people. <laughs> Tachibana cannot believe it. So he's he is a gay 
Ono describes himself as a gay of demonic charm. And, uh, and he, he comes on to Tachibana, and Tachibana says, wait, wait, I know you, I know you from, from high school, I rejected you horribly, and, and I, you know, you're not remembering me, please remember, it's me, it's from, I'm Tachibana from class 3, 3E, please, <laughs> stop, you know, trying to kiss me. And Ono looks at him and goes, oh, you're the only one that's ever, 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 ever rejected me. I can work for you. So he works for him. Um, the boxer with the detached retinas has to get another job. So he winds up. They need a um, they need a counter girl, but Ono it really feels uncomfortable around women. So they decide to hire a counter boy. But um, the boxer whose name is I can't remember his name. <laughs> Shoot. Anyways, this, this boxer kid. And he comes in, and uh, he convinces them, because he loves pastry. That's his whole life. Anyway, he's so passionate about pastries. And he's cute. He's not beautiful. Ono goes for beautiful guys. So he can work with Ono. And that's how they all end up in this bakery. So my one question for you, I'm looking through the book mm -hmm. as you're talking about it. Where's the sex? Well, here, let me show you. Can you, you find me some sex there's in this one, book? There's one page there's of sex. It's, right, it's right. shown an eye. I said I it was shown an eye. it was shown an eye. So once again, um, Yaoi is the love stuff and shown an eye is the sex stuff. Oh, there we go. That's oh, Ono yeah. seducing the um, one of the kids in the bar, oh, in the men's room. Wow, so he's like got him up against the wall there. Uh -huh, That's uh -huh, kind of uh -huh. interesting. Yeah. All right. Well. I like Desire better. There was more sex in it. <laughs> And there's better smooches. There's in uh, only the ring finger nose. Oh, that has excellent, excellent smooches in it. It has one smooch. Yeah, I saw that one as I was flipping through it. What page is that? Uh, page 189. Page 189. So there's a smooch on page 189. Should you pick it up and want to see it, just flip to page 189. And then you there's. Can see the and then there is the um, bathroom seduction on page 148 and 149. <laughs> so, okay. Now, for all you readers out there, you just want to get to the good parts. Now, this one you have in your hand, Yellow, which has a very dumb title. Um, the reason it's called Yellow... Why is it called Yellow? Tell well, me. Well, green is for go, red is for stop, and yellow is for danger and caution. Oh. It's it's dumb. It's, um, it's dumb. It's like I was telling you earlier. It's as if if you took Starsky and Hutch and made them much prettier and put them in Tokyo as drug snatchers, which I don't know... <laughs> Drug snatchers. Drug snatchers. Is it like baby snatchers. Well, they're not. They're not the police. They're not the government. They're not Azuka. You know, they're. Uh, I don't know what they are. They're. Um, they take their orders from this guy who has a coffee shop. It's a really. It's really strange. So it's, you live in Japan. You live in Japan I, and you own a coffee shop. It's really, really odd. And their names are um, Taki, who is the straight guy, uh -huh. straight, straight partner, straight and Go. Who is the um, uh, raging butch queen? <laughs> he just, she's amazing. And it seems like there's four stories in this book, and there's a lot of sex in it, but it's like they're all, they all seem to be the underage boyfriends of, of mob bosses, yeah. and Go, the gay one, uh -huh. is constantly seducing them. <laughs> So they can snatch the mob bosses. It just it goes on and on and on and on, and it's it's utterly bizarre. 
it's pretty good. There's a lot of sex in it. Um, wow. So is this Gobin saying this, this little quote right here, I'm the fag of all fags? No, That's a very this, interesting this quote. is an interesting story because um, it's a boy masquerading as a girl. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's a little convoluted. Wow. Well, I mean, they're all a little yeah, convoluted. they're all a little convoluted. <laughs> So as we've said um, to each other, and as I've said when I've talked about these um, books, these manga books, there's definitely something about Japanese culture that we're not getting, and it does not come across in the translation. So you've got to wonder, when they do these books in Japan, when people pick them up, do they think they're what weird? They, or do I they pick them so. up and go, oh, this is really cool, mm -hmm. and I understand everything that's happening in here. These things sell like mad here. I mean, we're not the only ones that are um, buying them. And we're not exactly buying them, so... <laughs> no, they, uh, I don't know, well-drawn, hunky guys I making so. love to each other. What's, uh, I know, what's I not know. to like? Yeah, yeah. All right, well, um, well thanks like. for talking about them. I think maybe I'd like to read Yellow one of these days. All right. And i got enough other stuff to look through. Well, I have to review it, so I'll... Okay. <laughs> I decide not to keep it. I'll send it to oh. you. <laughs> okay, so that's our, our Comic-Con and digital manga thing. Um, we're going to take a little break, and then we're going to talk about Fantastic Four, because mm. we like that. Mm -hmm. So um, here's some music, and we'll be right back. saw the Fantastic Four movie, mm -hmm. um, which we wanted to go see together, because we like seeing movies at Comic-Con. It's a fun thing to do in the evening. Yeah, although last year we saw the Michael Moore film. And that, that was, was very disturbing, of, was and then we intense, had to go out and get so drunk afterwards. Talk about it. So this was much more fun, <laughs> in a very lighthearted sort of way. And I wasn't sure what to expect, and I thought it would be good, because I saw the previews when I saw the horrible Star Wars movie, and I thought, mm -hmm. wow, this looks pretty good. But I was deliberately not reading the reviews mm -hmm. or listening to what anybody else had to say about it because I just wanted to see it. And I thought it was really good. Um, it was very much a superhero movie, which I liked. It was, it was lighthearted in a number of ways, but there were um, some really touching moments that mostly had to do with the Ben Grimm character, which is yeah. the, the way it was. And I, I thought that um, they were very much true to the spirit of Marvel Comics in that there was funny stuff happening, um, there was serious stuff happening. There was a really hateful villain that you could get, mm -hmm. really get your teeth into because he became more and more evil over time. There were some some not so good things. Um, there, the subplot of Reed Richards having to woo Sue Storm was disposable. It didn't really need to be in there, but I guess it was supposed to be some further motivations for what the characters did. Special effects were great. Mm -hmm. I thought they were very good. Um, the scenes where they showed the characters discovering their powers, those were very good also. Um, and one thing that I had noticed in the previews, um, which I thought was kind of clever of them, was that in showing Ben Grimm as the thing, they actually went back further to the original way that Jack Kirby had drawn him in the very first one or two episodes when his shape was much rounder, much less like the angular thing that he became later on, and that was kind of neat, too. And maybe they had to do that for costuming reasons, but I thought it looked pretty cool. 
You know so much more <laughs> about the Fantastic Four than I do. Okay, I was just so like, you, oh, I understood all that. Yeah. Not knowing about those comic book mm-hmm. as much as me. What did you think? I liked Ginger. it. I liked it. <laughs> I, uh, I liked it. I, I was sort of um, prepared to not like Jessica Alba because I do know from the comic book that Sue Storm was more like the all-American girl. Mm-hmm. And she was more this wholesome Doris Day type. That's and Jessica right. Alba is not... Those lips, I don't think so. She has big tits, though. Does she? Well, they made them look big in well, the movie, I yeah. think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she dressed like a hooker a lot through the movie, <laughs> and it's like, well... Because I have seen Fantastic Four comic books, and mm-hmm. she she looks, you know, Sue Storm looks like Doris Day. Well, she's very blonde and, mm-hmm. you know... And very wholesome yeah. and everything. No, I, I'd agree with you there. Um, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the special effects. The action was really good. All the action scenes were good, and and it was funny to sit next to somebody who was like, "Ooh, ah," <laughs> and geeking out. Who, who geeked out in a couple of places. I did geek out. One of the big Pretty geek funny. out moments for me was when um, Ben goes into a bar, and um, mm-hmm. the one woman who wants to talk to him is, of course, Alicia, who was his girlfriend, and she's black, which was so cool. I'm so glad they did that. It was a really nice twist on it. Well, for the neophytes. Um, you didn't realize she was blind. Right, she didn't. Yeah, I, yeah, mean, was, I could tell was, she was black, but I couldn't tell she was black. Yeah, that was subtle. <laughs> I thought that was really well done. Yeah. And, and, and I'm trying to remember, of course, now I'm revealing my, my non-thorough Marvel geekiness, mm. that I don't think in the comic book that he was married. I think he was a single guy. I don't remember. I don't think I don't so. Know. I would have to check on that, mm. but I don't think he had a wife. Um, so the guy who played Victor Von Doom, I mm-hmm. saw his name in the credits, and now it's completely wiped from my mind because of all that vodka that I just Julian drank. Julian somebody, McMahon, yeah. maybe. Maybe Julian McMahon, yeah. He looked so familiar to me, and I can't tell you a single other movie that I've seen him in, but um, he was very good. I thought mm-hmm. he was a good villain, and he did his whole transformation into yeah. evil pretty well. The makeup on him was good as he turned into a Borg. <laughs> was kind of cool. Was he, was his tissue turning into electrical conduit? It was. It was turning into something metallic that was conducting metal, which was cool. Well, and electricity. And electricity, yeah. So he was like the lightning bolt He was, he was like lightning rod man, yeah. Mm. Um, They did a really good job, I thought, with Johnny Storm's character. He was very funny. He was very annoying. He was very, he was supposed to be annoying. He's very annoying. Very annoying. Very annoying. Um, But cute. I liked it. I thought it was cute. I, I think he's the only one that can fly. I mean, that's so great. <laughs> Flying is cool. <laughs> Flying is very cool. And there's a part in the trailer that they tease you with where a missile is fired. A heat-seeking mm-hmm. missile is fired, and he jumps off the building and and to get, and lights up to get it to follow him out of the city so it doesn't kill everyone in you know that part of Manhattan. And I don't. The trailer doesn't tell you how good. Oh, that scene is yeah. that scene awesome. is so good. It was really good. So if you just want to like show up forty five minutes into the film, and <laughs> <laughs> or what, an hour and a half into it, it uh, it was it went by very fast. It was it was, it was really good. It was action packed. It was it was a fun fun movie. Some of the things that I liked about it, the things that I loved about the original Fantastic Four were that it took place in New York for one thing, and that was always good about the Marvel universe was that it was real. Like you know, it wasn't Gotham City, which was whatever it was, but they were in New. They were in Manhattan. The Baxter Building was in downtown Manhattan, and yeah. it was very familiar. Um, and in that, you could imagine that 
people like the Fantastic Four could be in New York and like just do their stuff. And it was okay because it was New York and nobody cares, right? Like everything happens in New York. And there's a scene in the movie where Ben Grimm is in a diner by himself drinking a cup of coffee. And just this image of him being so monstrous looking, sitting in a New York diner drinking a cup of coffee, and nobody, nobody notices, notices. <laughs> It's like, this nobody is what it's notices. like to live in New York. Just, I love that. There's something about that that is so wonderful. Just that contrast that it's New York and nobody cares. I mean, that, that's kind of what makes it really special. I also have to say, I noticed in the long shots of Manhattan, it is still very shocking for me to see no Twin Towers. I was like, wow to see that and just be reminded that they're not there anymore. Well, I had to ask you, is that Manhattan? Yeah. Because, you know, I guess I grew up seeing it with the Twin Towers. Yeah, and it's, it's, like, a little sh- it's still shocking. And I think they're still trying to figure out what to shoot. Yeah. You know, like to make it, because I didn't know. I was like, was that Manhattan? Yeah, like, I mean, you look, you see the Empire State Building, and you see the Chrysler Building, so you know it is, but it's... Well, you know it. <laughs> I was raised wow. in Los Angeles. Right. Come on. <laughs> so, um, let's see. There... Um, so the the silly subplot was eh, it was okay. Um, mm-hmm. th- I mean, they changed some things from the way the the story was originally constructed, uh, but that's okay. I think they're allowed to do that kind of stuff. And there were a lot of funny parts. Stanley was in it for a couple seconds, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool that they had a little nod to him. And well, you had to point that out to me because yeah. that was another geek out moment. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Stanley! Oh, like, oh yeah, I know who Stanley is. Yeah. <laughs> Writes some comics, doesn't he? Yeah. So, um, in general, I thought it was really good. And it's really interesting how all of these comic books are becoming movies. They're they're really good. Marvel is licensing. They're doing an amazing job. Uh, Like a mad thing. They are. I mean, I would like to see a She-Hulk movie. That would be cool. That would be cool. That would be totally cool. You know, because they could have cameos by everybody. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which is what She-Hulk was mainly about. Well, well, it seems like they're finally on the right track. I mean, this was a good movie. This was good, yeah. The Batman movie, I didn't see it. You saw it, and you thought it was pretty good. You know, it was kind of a chore to see it, because um, not as much as a chore as seeing Revenge of the Sith, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm from that era, and it's like there are certain things that you have to see to mm-hmm. stay with the zeitgeist. Oh, no, of and, course, uh, to be part of the generation. I, en- I think I enjoyed it more than... Um, more than I was expecting to enjoy it. Um, it, it had a lot of flat spots. Mm. A lot of flat spots, but it was okay. Well, I, I think, you know, now that the, the horror of really bad movies like, oh, I don't know, Daredevil and Elektra are behind us, because mm. those were bad movies. The X-Men movies have been really good. The Spider-Man movies have Spider-Man been good, Spider-Man movies yeah. have been good. So maybe they finally figured out what works in these movies. Well, the Batman movies, when Tim Burton got his paws on it... <laughs> They were, um, what I heard about the first Batman movie is Tim Burton was new in Hollywood. He had mm-hmm. done, uh, he had done something that freaked everybody out enough for them to give him <laughs> another major motion picture. It's like, you know, if you're going to fail in Hollywood, you got to fail big so you can succeed. And so he wasn't the first choice of director. I don't know who was. It was one of those situations where they had Jack Nicholson and they had a, they had a, a set designer they had like the person who was designing all the images how everything looked the sets the costumes everything and they built the film around that <laughs> around the set so poor tim burton i mean if you can if you can ever feel sorry for tim burton he came in and it was like well direct something it was like okay 
I will. And he did. And it was it was just it was such a strange film. It was so different from everything else that came out that year. Mm. It was like and it was riveting. I mean, it, you know, Jack Nicholson is insane. Mm. Um and it was Michael Keaton was a good Batman. He was a good Batman in both of them. And I liked the second one, you know, Tim Burton's directing. Because it looked different mm -hmm. from everything else. I mean, that look has been absorbed and and replicated, mm -hmm. you know. It's it's sort of like a virus. Yeah. Well, then the third movie was like the worst movie ever made, Well, and though. they sucked. And the second movie had, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. And she rocked <laughs> the house. And Danny DeVito as the Penguin. And you can't go wrong with that <laughs> And, and Christopher, Christopher Walken was the bad guy, so what's not to like? And it was Tim, you know, and, and you know, Tim is evidently a really good artist. Mm -hmm. And I think he got to do more art design on this, on the second one, so it was lighter. It wasn't quite as dark. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the, he's really into deco, sort of twisted, morbid art deco. And it was just a much better film. So the first, I really liked the first two Batmans. I didn't see the second one because I was in Europe, which I would have liked to have seen because I, I like Jim Carrey. I'm one of the four people on the planet Ooh. who... I like oh, Jim Carrey. I, I that do. doesn't come between our friendship. No, he's <laughs> funny. And he has such big teeth. I liked Mask. Oh, I like the mask, too. I like See, the mask. But you know what I liked the, in the mask most of all mm. was the parts where he wasn't being the mask, where he was just acting. I love the Cuban Pete number. That's hysterical. <laughs> That was just, I just lost it. Um, so I didn't get to see the second Batman, and I wish I could have because he was in it. I saw the George Clooney one, and that, oh my God, that sucked. Yeah, that oh was my bad. God. Very bad. I mean, there's only so much, I mean, there's only so much George Clooney's looks can do for a film. It was just, oh, it was awful. And Alicia Silverstone. Remember anybody remember Alicia Silverstone? Yeah, whatever happened to her? We don't know. We she's blinked gone. and she's gone. She's you know? Gone. Yeah, she's not around much anymore. She'll probably hear this and come after <laughs> us with <laughs> next. <laughs> so on the whole, I think the conclusion we draw from this is that comic book movies are getting better. I think Marvel's. I mean, Marvel. They just license this stuff. It's up to the, it's up to the filmmakers to put it together. It's up to the, the consortium. I mean, there are no studios, really, anymore, so there's consortiums. Mm -hmm. They license a comic book, and then they, you know, they find Jack Nicholson, an art director, and then tell somebody <laughs> like Tim Burton to direct something. So, but I guess they're making better choices. I think they are making Although better choices. Although, we saw the director credit and went, Who's that? Huh? Who's Tim's story? Who's? I never heard of him before. Yeah. I did that with the composer credit. It was like, who's Otto, whatever his name was. Yeah. These, I, I mean, am I that out of touch? <laughs> the music was pretty good. Yeah. The music, the music was good. The composed music was good. The, um... The incidental music, the pop music, or whatever that, that was, was loud. the rap. It was there loud. Was, I think it was just sort of like white people rap, and it yeah. was awful. It was really bad. But otherwise, the film was really, really good. I liked it. I liked the costumes, too. They were cool. They were so tight. They were very tight. <laughs> they were very tight. On the men. We're talking about the men. They looked yeah. cute. Their butts looked good. Yeah. Oh. Especially Johnny... Uh, Johnny Storm, yeah. Johnny Storm, yeah. There was one shot from the back that was like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> the whole audience sat up, hey. And, <laughs> and this is why we as women are doing this show, because it's our job to point this kind of stuff out. Yeah, it's a good film. It's it's highly enjoyable. Yeah. And uh, if you're a guy, you know, you can look, go look at Jessica Alba's uh, <clears throat> chest 
And if you're a chick, you can go look at... Uh, Chris Evans' butt. Was it Chris Evans? Chris Evans. I like him. I don't know that I've seen the actor who played... Uh, uh, ben Grimm? Ben Grimm. Oh, I've seen him in a bunch of things. So he was in, well, he's been most recently on TV in a show called The Shield, which has been on mm. at the FX channel. But before that, he was in a good series called The Commish, where he was a police guy. Mm. He was very, very different in both of those than mm. he is in this film. So I like him. He's a good actor. All right. Well, I think that's enough about the Fantastic Four basic takeaway. We really liked it. Well, I think we covered superhero movies in general. Yeah, so yeah. a long, rambling discourse on superhero movies, which we like. And we would see more of them. We wouldn't talk about it if we didn't like it. <laughs> we couldn't be bothered. <laughs>